Welcome to Beside the Burn for Wednesday the 3rd of November and we're continuing to look at the life of Jacob this week in our Finding Jesus in Genesis series. So today uh, we're going to be thinking about how Jacob returned uh, to his brother Esau and uh, we're also uh, going to be thinking about how he was living far away from home. Uh, so uh, Let's just dive straight in and, and learn a bit more about Jacob. Jacob left um, Bethel uh, with his divine dream and that was it really imprinted in his mind and it, it was rooted firmly in his heart. He was growing in confidence of God's commitment to bless him and in valuing God's presence with him. And Jacob then found his way from Bethel to Haran and over the coming years, Jacob, who was the trickster and the cheat, was himself cheated and tricked. He's going to work for seven years to marry Rachel, the love of his life, only to discover in the morning after his wedding that he has married her sister Leah. And he then has to set about working for another seven years to gain the hand of Rachel in marriage. Uh, Jacob, the cheater, will be cheated out of his rightful wages by his father-in-law Laban. And then after 20 years in Haran, far away from his family and the promised land, but confident of God's protective presence with him, we find that uh, God is in the process of fulfilling his promise to Jacob. Jacob now had a people. Four wives, Rachel, Leah, as well as their two maidservants who also became his wives. He now has 11 children uh, from whom a whole nation will spring. And we know about the, the, the 12 tribes of Israel as uh, Jacob will eventually become known. So God has now given him a people, which was one of the promises. He now also has possessions as he's become rich with flocks and herds, and uh, you can read all about that in Genesis. But he still didn't have a place. These were the three promises that God made to him, that he'd have a people, possessions, and a place. But the place still isn't his. But then in Genesis 31 and verse 3, God speaks to him. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Go back to the land of your fathers and to your relatives, and I will be with you. Jacob knew that he had something to take care of before he could settle back in Cana again. He had, of course, sorely wronged his brother, and somehow he had to make that right. The deceiver had grown in grace and his conscience would no longer allow him to sidestep an attempt at reconciliation. He had to go all in and go back to his brother Esau. I'm sure he'd prefer just to let it go. Um, it would have been much, much easier. Maybe he could have gone back and settled in Canaan without ever having to go near his brother. But it was going to be difficult to do that. He truly needed to put that relationship right. The guilt would gnaw away at him unless he went to Esau and spoke to him. Sometimes whenever we have wronged someone, it's easy just to ignore it, to push it to the side, to get on with life and forget about it. 
but that guilt can still gnaw at us and get back at us and we need to go and put it right. We simply can't be right with God if we've not done everything in our power to make things right with the other person. So there may be someone that you need to go and sort out a problem with. Jacob left it 20 years before he went back to his brother Esau, but that was a long time to do it. So Jacob began making the preparations to see Esau and he sent ahead messengers to tell Esau that he was coming and they went with gifts of livestock and servants and Jacob obviously wanted to do more than just come to Esau and say sorry, he wanted to show him the extent of his sorrow and show him that the apology was real. He was prepared to uh, make uh, good the things that he'd stolen from Esau. But then the messengers returned with a report that had to be unnerving. Esau was on his way and he had 400 men with him, a small army. And Jacob was understandably afraid of what was about to happen. But it's here that we see God is blessing Jacob, not only by providing for him and protecting him, but also by changing him. And that is a blessing in Jacob's life that he is changing. He's not grabbing. He's about to give away much of his own wealth to his brother. And he's not making plans to get what he wants from God. Instead, now he's turning to God in prayer. For the first time in the account of Jacob's life, we'll see Jacob bow the knee in prayer. And this was no panic prayer, telling God what to do. Jacob held on to God's promise to bless him and prayed in light of that promise with sincerity and humility. We see that prayer in Genesis 32 and verses 9 to 12. Then Jacob prayed, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, Lord, you who said to me, go back to your country and your relatives and I will make you prosper. I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. I had only my staff when I crossed this Jordan, but now I have become two camps. Save me, I pray, from the hand of my brother Esau, for I am afraid he will come and attack me and also the mothers with their children. But you have said, I will surely make you prosper and will make your descendants like the sand of the sea, which cannot be counted. So Jacob's prayer was, God, you have given me so much grace. Give me more. And after praying, Jacob gathered his wives and children and the rest of his possessions and sent them across the river in the dark of the night. It was dangerous and in a desperate move, and it left him alone on the far side of the river, away from his brother Esau. And it must have been very quiet there, all alone. He must have been exhausted from directing such a massive project, but there was no sleep ahead for Jacob in the pitch black darkness he felt a strong hand grip him and a wrestling match ensued. And this was no light-hearted tussle. It was an all-out strenuous fight that he was going to have with his brother. 
or not with his brother, but he was going to have with a stranger. And tomorrow we're going to see a little bit more about that wrestling match, that fight, and we're going to see who the stranger is. But let's bow now in prayer together. Heavenly Father, we thank you once again for the example of Jacob and how you worked in his life and how you changed him and moulded him, how he became reliant upon you in, in prayer and in guidance and how once he had been the cheater, but now, Lord, you were humbling him and bringing him back to you. And Lord, we recognise that there may be things that we need to have changed in our lives. And we pray that you would reveal that to us and show us what you want us to do. Help us day by day, Lord, to live for you and to follow you and to do the things that you want us to do. Lord, make us gracious, we pray, instead of arrogant. Help us, Lord, to look to you for plans instead of to ourselves. And Lord, where we have wronged others, help us to go back and seek reconciliation again. For we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.